Hello and welcome to episode 491 of the LeadCast Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan King Cooper. Joining me is Aiden Frost Rock Arts. Hey, how's it going? And Colton Blue Basket Sweat. Guess what I did? I played one ranked game this week, man. Sheesh. What? Yeah. Well, don't spoil Back it for Wednesday. us yet. Yeah. Um, we've got two new patrons, a little bit of LeadCast news, some new news, including a new cinematic and uh, uh, Sonar rework information. Uh, we'll go through a trip down memory vein and look at some nostalgic posts. Um, and then we'll talk about uh, a certain sponsored video, which uh, went up this week. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about Roundtable, uh, last week's answers, and read a new one. And then uh, close it out with a couple of emails. So let's jump into it. Aiden, how was your week? Good. I played a lot of League less than last week, but still a decent amount. Just kind of bouncing around different ELOs and stuff. I'm um, hoping to play some more on my main this week, mainly because I want to grind out the quest. And turns out I don't want to play normal games in League anymore. So my <laughs> only uh, thing is I have to play ranked. So I'm probably just going to spam a bunch of games of ranked this week yeah. on my main. You're, you're uh, finally one of us where it's like every game must be solo queue. I can't go into a normal yeah. game. What is that? <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. It's definitely like not the. I mean, I I don't. I've never been to someone who likes spamming games on my main, but like I really want to just fucking do this event. This event's cool. I want to read the lore for it. I want to kind of be engaged in it, and I'm not going to accomplish that without playing games. I'm not just going to spam normals. So it's come left with one thing. So I might be D4 by the end of it. And I might be D1. We'll see. Um, <laughs> but I'm excited. Um, outside of that, just like playing some overwatch doing some streams i did a big long tier list stream of uh current meta characters and stuff and i'm putting that up on our youtube channel probably sometime this week so you can check that out it's a really long video but i have timestamps for like all the different characters and stuff that i talk about um so you can go find where what i think of your main um nice. i feel like there's a pretty good stream though so uh, uh make sure to check that out on our youtube channel sometime this week uh, question of, for you Aiden. yeah answer for you if you if you were to do that tier list again like mm-hmm. i I delete that that VOD. Yeah. How close to the tier list that you just put out do you think your second one would be? I think pretty close, mainly because I explained almost everything. And I feel like if I just, like, ran... If I just, like, put them all there without explaining it, I would probably not be able to recreate it. But I feel like I have a pretty good explanation for everything. There's maybe, like, a couple things I would, like, like leave like out. Like, 90, 90 plus percent accurate? Yeah, I broke every uh, role into OP and then just strong. So, like, I have, like, two t- uh, things for top, two things for jungle. Like, OP strong for each one. I feel like I can get every single OP oh, one okay. for sure. And then yeah. the strong ones maybe are a little bit iffy, right? But Yeah, yeah. No, well, yeah, if it was OP or strong, and so you... It was OP, strong, or neither. Yeah, then I had, like, a category of, like, just... I wouldn't recommend picking these characters currently. It doesn't mean they're gotcha, bad. Okay. It just means that, like, you're not... I wouldn't recommend picking Alistair over, like, a Leona or something like that mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, no, I just, I just think it'd be, like, I think it's always so funny that, like, if, if, when people do, like, the S plus through, like, yeah. C tier list, yeah. like, you could have them make that tier list five times and it would never come out the same. Oh, for sure, yeah. And I, like, talked to Trevor, like, for, like, the last 30 minutes of that VOD or whatever, and we kind of, I kind of moved stuff around a little bit based on his opinion as well, but, like, I, I feel like mm-hmm. I could get most of it. I, I, I talked through enough of it, and I feel bad because there's definitely some characters where I just go, oh, this character's dog shit, and then someone's like, oh, I like that <laughs> character, and I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. It's not like they're, like, actually unplayable, but, like, for example, mage supports. I shit on mage supports a lot in that and uh i mm-hmm. i really don't think mage supports are good but it doesn't mean they're bad for like lower elo i think they're really good for like lower elo because you can just solo do enough damage like brand can fucking wipe a team i just don't think yeah, that absolutely. he's ever worth picking like in theory like yeah at my level of play at least mm-hmm. yeah 
So when do we redo the JoJo localization journalist? <laughs> oh, that was funny as fuck. Um, <laughs> compared those results. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> um, but other than that, not too much uh, with my week. Um, just excited to be playing a lot more League. Uh, what about you, Colton? Um, so yeah, as I said in my brief intro, I played one ranked game this week, and it was a win. Boggers. Um, I, I've been mainly grinding TFT, um, where I went from, I think, plat 3 to d4 in the last two or three days um the set is only i think like 10 more days till the the, the like mid set uh adjustment mm-hmm. and so i don't think i'm gonna try and climb for master but i do still need to grind out some games to finish getting all the pass rewards yeah but i was like okay whatever like i'll i'll get where i need to be in tft like to to get my like diamond border and i'll get my rewards and then i'm gonna try to start jumping back into solo queue so uh in the coming week or two i'll probably get a few more games i think i'm gonna stick to support for a little while while i get my mechanics back uh my my one game was of alistar and ooh, i i trashed those guys i mean we had kind of a winning everywhere Mm -hmm. but I was just, I was roaming, I was starting fights, I was ending fights, it was a great time. I love Alistar. Oh, yeah. It's so fun. I love just Hex flashing into the mid lane and being like, what's up? Just do that with Leona and you have his ultimate on a, like, 10 second cooldown. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, when I play Leona, it's against TOS to say you can't milk those. (laughs) True. (laughs) Okay, yeah, true. Um, anyway, uh, outside of that, still, uh... Working a bunch on the condo, getting some floors down, doing some uh, some wiring this weekend, putting in some new outlets and switches and whatnot. But that's uh, that's about my whole week, so I'll, I'll hand it over to you, Nick. Nice. Um, I did not play any league this week. My girlfriend and I took a trip to Seattle and Portland, um, so that's what we did. Uh, it was really fun. Had a great time. Had a lot of really good food um, and enjoyed weather that wasn't 95 degrees with 60% humidity. Um, so that's kind of what I did. Um, I think that's it really. Um, so yeah, let's get into the show. We've got two new patrons. Shout out to Zalman and Bert the Brute. Thank you for your support. Uh, Aiden, do you have any league cast news? Uh, nothing too crazy for league cast news. Uh, other than I guess we're going to be recording our monthly patron show sometime this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, assuming it doesn't get pushed. Uh, and that will be fun. That will go up on our Patreon uh, after we record it, and then a month later for uh, non-patrons if you're not a $1 supporter. so Hell yes. Uh, on to the news. We've got a new cinematic involving uh, the Sentinels of Light and Viego. Um, well not, Viego's not in it, but you know he's involved with the whole ruination thing. Um, super cool, very awesome, kind of uh, showcases how Sentinel Vane came to be. Um, so definitely, uh, definitely worth checking out. It was, it was awesome. Um, yeah, we've got, I, sorry, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I wonder how many more cinematics we're going to get throughout this event, right? Cause we know this event's at least going through like the rest of the month. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there was actual a date. I, I feel like it ends like early August or something like that. I think we're going to get a weekly cinematic. I think we're getting a weekly cinematic. Yeah. Cause there's two full parts. There's literally two event passes from what I understand for this event. Interesting. Um, so I'm assuming it's going to be like two full months long or something like that. Um, uh, maybe unless it's the same event and they're just like different orbs because i know there's sentinel orbs and then there's uh ruination orbs or whatever so i'm assuming it's probably gonna be two different passes uh but who knows if they'll milk us or not but either way i i've been loving all the cinematic content we've been getting like long 
platforms League of Legends set amount of content has never been bad, right? Yeah, it's, it's always been good. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, some people are upset about the whole vein thing because the only goofy thing is that her hairstyle does change as she changes, yeah, the, changes the, outfit. But other than that, it's like fine, I think. Yeah, that that one's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> but whatever, it's a video game. Yeah, exactly. It's just she gets a new cool outfit. And that's about it. <laughs> cool. Um, next up is what the profile slash progression identity changes. Anyone want to run us through that? Yeah, so League um, is a game that hasn't had very much customization in, like, overall, like, profile and, like, uh, I guess, overall player identity, Mm -hmm. and they're hoping to change some of that, because the only thing we can do currently right now is, on your profile page, you can change your background character to a character or a skin that you own, uh, which... I, I think don't not even not even a lot of people know about that, uh, mm-hmm. but this is hoping to change some of that. Uh, they're doing a ton of different things. They're trying to make it feel like players can kind of show off their own personal league brand a little bit. Um, so some things they have in the work is, hey, you know those borders that you get from like hitting different like levels, like level 250, 300, whatever. You can now choose whatever one you want. So if you had a cool combination, like I know a lot of people like the, um, I think it's level 150 or maybe it's level 400 i think it's level 400 it's like a bunch of ice or whatever a lot of people like combining that with like lissandra icon and then they have like a full like uh blue color scheme to their thing but turns out when they hit level 450 they just lose that but now you can actually choose that um because like you it just like show whatever your current level is so this is hoping to allow you to like customize and maybe make like your profile look something very unique to you so they're adding that they're going to completely be redoing um like uh how party systems and stuff like that like loading screens and stuff look like they're gonna have tons of customization it looks like you can like add tons of different ranked uh emblems and regalia and stuff they're going to add uh fucking what's the term i'm looking for like titles you're gonna be able to choose from titles some of the ones that they uh show off is like dragon master pog lord uh pog lord? <laughs> savant yeah i just i just want to be able to link my myspace page to my <laughs> legends profile <laughs> Yeah, like you, you search my summoner name and it's just the MySpace interface <laughs> from 15 years ago. Yeah, it just like has like a bunch of the titles, but I think the titles are going to be like a really fun thing. Uh, I'm sure we can all find like goofy ones that kind of express ourselves a little bit. Um, and they go on to explain like everything that they're planning on adding. I would rec- recommend le- reading the entire, entire article. It's mostly just, hey, shit's not customizable now, but it's going to be in the future. And hopefully you guys like that. And I think a lot of people are excited about it. So, Aiden, if you could replace your profile page with your Tom Kench how to play with powerpoint would you yeah i I would (laughs) that'd be funny awesome just just go to my profile it's got it's got a guide for you guys (laughs) nice uh and then we've got sonary we're coming out in 11 16 um and essentially she's going to remain the same character it seems like um Mm -hmm. she's gonna have a passive stacking system anytime you use an ability and it affects another champion um, either that like speed up or the shield and, and blocking damage and, and damaging, you know, enemies with your Q, it's going to grant you a stack that stack grants, uh, ability haste up to a cap. And then that ability haste gets turned into ultimate cooldown. Um, if I'm, if I'm, yeah, that so, yeah. So you stack up to say whatever X stacks is and that all those stacks will decrease mm-hmm. your basic ability cooldowns. Um, and as soon as you hit that stack of like all my basic ability cooldowns are reduced by 40%, whatever that number may be, after that you'll start uh, decreasing your ultimate cooldown. That's the way they've kind of decided to like use this stacking system. So it's a little bit tame, but uh, I mean, it'll be probably a buff for someone overall. I mean, they might have to actually yeah. change some of her numbers, but it's mm-hmm. cool. I, I mean, it's still like better than nothing. 
It's it's pretty weird that in this like update they didn't specifically mention any of our ideas from our show. Like, <laughs> with Mundo, they talked about True. it, and we know we know Riot Games. We know you're listening, and that you were like, "Man, we should steal their idea 100." percent But you weren't brave enough, and yeah. even in this one, you're not even going to mention it. They're scared. They had They're to afraid. be a little more careful because we know they they know that if we fix their game, that people are going to stop complaining and it's going to just die. Mm-hmm. I would recommend they, that anyone who doesn't currently listen to any of our Zed Talks, our Patreon show, our $1 Patreon show, patreon.com slash leadcast, uh, our Sona rework is up on our YouTube channel now. So if you want to go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash leadcast, mm-hmm. you should at least listen to us talk about Sona for like 15 minutes yeah. of talking about how to make Sona the most boring, easy character into a fucking combo mage. Uh, I think really that one and the one before like singed, singed into yeah. Sona. <laughs> yeah, like the S episodes packed with good content. Powerful content powerful content and hey even if you if you don't have a dollar right now that one's that one's out for free you can get yep. a taste of singed and then say you know what i want to hear what they're going to do to sona one dollar <laughs> yeah. slap it down on the countertop 100 yeah. pennies hell, <laughs> hell yeah. yeah hell yeah awesome uh aiden do you wanna <laughs> i feel like i'm just calling on you the whole time no um, worries let's do uh let's do nostalgiana Nostalgiana. So a couple weeks ago, I was talking about the original 17 characters in League of Legends. For week one, we talked about the first five. Week two, we talked about another five, or I think we talked about six, actually. Um, This week, we're talking about the last uh, seven of them. So I talked about five, five, and then this is going to be seven. Um, So we're going to be talking about Scion, Sivir, Soraka, Teemo, Tristana, Twisted Fate, and Warwick. So let me bore you with fucking old tales of of before your time now scion's old passive i think i remember it properly yeah nick do you remember what it used to be it was i think a 40 percent chance to reduce incoming damage by a flat amount yeah yeah that's what i was gonna say is that it's like (laughs) a fucking rng to just flat decrease incoming damage Mm -hmm. from yeah ability it definitely wasn't the best passive. So yeah, old yeah. <laughs> passive was forty percent chance to reduce uh, incoming damage from basic attacks by thirty to fifty uh, based on his level. Uh, his old Q was a point and click two second stun with a one hundred percent AP ratio. Uh, fuck old League of Legends. Uh, his old W is similar to his current W, but had a point nine AP ratio on both the shield and the damage of it. Uh, his old E was once again. This is going to sound strange to any black player who has listened has didn't know old time but has listened to what his q and his w mm-hmm. were both ap nukes his old yep. e was an ad steroid it was a toggle where you toggle it and you get ad for hp so you hit someone and you do more attack damage but you take health uh, as like a yeah. cost it's like yeah deal 50 more damage i think it was half was the cost so like deal 50 more yeah. damage take 25 yeah um, it, it was a toggle yeah. yeah, and he still had his, like, gain HP on, like, last hitting or whatever, so you'd stack HP, mm-hmm. you'd get tons of HP on this character. He'd have weird AP nukes, but he also was an AD, like, uh, attack speed carry, because his ultimate, mm-hmm. get this, guys, was a 20-second <laughs> AD steroid that gave him 100% lifesteal, 50% attack speed, and it healed allies around him for 50% of the uh, damage that he dealt. I forgot that he healed allies. Yeah. <laughs> How... Didn't it max at 100? I thought it was 50, 100, 150% lifesteal. It was uh, it was definitely like 50%. Oh, sorry, 100% lifesteal, 50% attack speed steroid, and then 50% I, for like people around him. I think at some point the lifesteal could get higher because I, I know I've been over 200% lifesteal <laughs> on Scion before. Yeah. I don't think it got quite to 300, but 
There, there was like you used to be able to go just like five bloodthirsters and ravenous hydra, and you like you would outheal their fountain. You just one v five them under fountain, just slap, slap, slap. It was so, so dumb. You, as a listener, you might be asking yourself, "How the fuck do I play Sion?" <laughs> and usually, it was just as a point and click AP carry because mm-hmm. <laughs> turns out just point and clicking someone for like mm-hmm. that much damage true comboing into your W which does a ton of damage is very hard to deal with even though he had all yeah. these weird like 80 things the point, main point and click butter, stun yeah. yeah well remember exactly. stun with a 2.0 AP ratio between that and your W or yeah. 1.9 plus 15% increased damage from Deathfire Grasp yeah that's oh true. yeah baby <laughs> yeah Sion, uh, old Sion was a mess though yeah and it, it was just so funny too because like I guess Sion's a ghost type Pokemon because it was just mean look what, petrifying gaze I think is what it, no that's it was that's that's Cassio, uh, but like he just yeah, I like, wanted it to be that so bad. It was like it was like a something stare, like he just like looked at you real bad and you got stunned. Basically, yeah. He shot an eye beam at you. That was cool. <laughs> I guess uh, so. Let's talk about Sivir. Sivir hasn't been changed all too much. Um, her old passive was Dodge Chance, so when you were moving around, uh, you got a little bit of Dodge Chance. That has been since changed to Movement Speed when you're moving around, which is uh, that is correct, right? It's Movement Speed. Movement you get Speed moves. when you hit auto attacks okay. or abilities on champions okay that makes sense um her q was originally called spiral blade and it had a uh, uh, 0.75 ap ratio good old ap silver q's were gross her w <laughs> was a toggle oh there's lots of toggles in old league of legends if you if you can't tell that by now mm-hmm. um and then her e used to cost mana was the biggest thing that was changed honestly i remember like if Sivir used her fucking e and then didn't absorb a spell god she got gutted it was 150 oh, yeah. mana at its worst so you'd use 150 mana spell shield and if it didn't hit anything oh you're just gutted like you would give still like a lot back if you did hit it um to like compensate but current sivers are just like eating good with the zero mana uh spell shield uh, that gives mana back and then her old r was pretty well the exact same it's like very small changes like a couple changes to how allies get movement speed and attack speed and stuff like that but uh, overall she's pretty similar to like the same character as before cool um soraka soraka is a fucking way different character uh so soraka has had two different passives in her lifespan uh other than her current one now her first passive was just literally giving magic resist near her you got 16 magic resist if you were a thousand range uh near her uh which is kind of strong early than kind of dog shit late game um her second passive though was much more interesting it gave hp uh and mana restore uh so it increased this the uh, potency of her heals and her mana stores by 1% for every 2% of the targets missing HP. Uh, and you might have heard me, I said mana restore. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, so her old Q was Starfire or Starfall. I think it's called, still called Starfall. Um, but this was a very different call. ability. Star Call instead of Starfall. Cool. Um, so. <laughs> so this was a 40% AP ability with a 2.5 second cooldown that reduced armor by 6, uh, stacking up to 10 times. So if you just call down like a bunch of beams hitting everything around her reducing everything's mr and doing like a ton of damage uh also hitting this reduced her w cooldown which is her heal ability which we'll get to in a second but god old soraka you just like play her as like a almost pseudo tank character and she just run around just slowly calling down stars mm-hmm. reducing everyone's mr in a fight oh it's so fucking yeah. gross and so yeah for those who are having trouble visualizing like yeah it wasn't a skill shot it wasn't a targeted ability yeah. it was mm-hmm. just be in range of enemy and it hits them so it was almost like if you had like Carthasar with yeah. no channel time and it's just everything within a very large range gets hit by one of these stars dealing damage and shredding mr yeah. and you could get like 
negative MR by a significant amount with a lot of star calls. Yeah, that uh, stacking magic resist uh, debuff also had an AP ratio on it as well. So if you were full AP Soraka, you could reduce their MR by like 80, 90 by like stacking it. So it was kind of crazy. I, um, I don't know if you remember, Aiden, but I think one of the first games we played, I played uh, Soraka, Soraka Jungle. Jungle. It's on our YouTube channel. Yeah, I got a double kill instantly. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Her W was a heal, but it also gave armor, which I completely forgot Mm -hmm. about until I looked at this. Uh, You know what its armor at max rank was for two seconds when you healed someone? It was 110 uh, with a 15% uh, AP ratio. So (laughs) you could just heal someone. They would get a fucking billion armor, uh, and they'd be like very, very unkillable for like a while. Her old E, uh, as I mentioned before, it restored mana or it silenced an enemy. So if you used it on an ally, you'd give them a bunch of mana back. If you used it on an enemy, you'd silence them. So there was definitely metas of your Soraka kind of just roams around the map healing everyone, healing and mana topping off mm-hmm. everyone on your team. <laughs> and it was kind of like not bad. Just a med pack running around. Yeah. Uh, and then kind of boring, but her ultimate is pretty well the exact same. Uh, there's uh, some slight changes to it, but it was kind of just the big AoE team heal uh, everyone on the map. But uh, God, old Soraka brings back some fucking nightmares of top Sorakas, mid Sorakas, Rome Sorakas, all that stuff. Just yuck. I believe there's still a a pre-wambulance days a professional game where High played at mid and uh, and I believe they stomped. Those bananas, Uh, dude, they're dangerous. Yeah. Um, Next is Teemo, who I actually had the least amount of like, uh, like I guess remembrance of like how his gold kit worked and stuff. Mainly because, like, a lot of his old, old stuff is, like, alpha stuff, which I didn't really play alpha. Mm. Um, so his original, original passive is called Eagle Eye, and it just gave him increased vision. <laughs> he just had larger vision range than any other character. Interesting. Um, his passive number two, though, was called Trailblazer, where he got that same increased vision from his original passive, but when he walked around, he created a trail kind of like Singed Poison that allies would get bonus movement speed following it. Huh. Yeah, and then they, like, once again, like, right out of Alpha, they changed that to his, like, sit in a bush and turn camouflage. Um, mm-hmm. God, that used to be so dog shit, though. When he first got his camouflage passive, it took six seconds of standing still to become invisible. And then it was changed to four seconds, and then it was changed to three seconds, then it was changed to two seconds, then it was changed to 1.5 seconds where it is today. <laughs> uh, and so. it, it used to be, like, you couldn't move, period, regardless yeah. of bush or terrain. Yeah. So, I mean, at least now... I mean, one, it's 1.5 instead of six seconds, so it's four times a shorter amount of time. Um, the, but, like, yeah, you can you can at least move in the bush, whereas before it was, like, the, the Teemo went, and he was there for six seconds, so you probably knew where he went invisible, and it's just too bad. Yeah, I, I can't yeah. move either, yeah. He's I've, just going to die. I've played against so many, like, Teemo one-tricks, like, recently on my, like, accounts, and the amount of times that they get level three ganked and then just run to a bush... Yeah. And go invisible, and then you just have to sit there with your jungler for like thirty seconds, just throwing seal shots at them is fucking infuriating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've had a jungler like we could have got the kill if we just sat there and killed them, but like my jungler doesn't want to waste thirty seconds just shooting stuff into this bush for yeah. this Teemo. Like it's it's oh, I hate it so much. But uh, anyways, Teemo's old real pose pros by the sweeping lens. Yeah, really. Teemo's old Q has or Teemo's Q has been changed a lot. It's always kind of been this idea of making the enemy miss. Um, it originally started out, though, as you would shoot your Q at them, and then they would miss 50% of the time. Oh, For, like, weird. a duration. So they would miss sometimes, was the thing. And that was eventually changed to, they would miss 100% of the time for uh, scaling up to five auto attacks, which sounds miserable to play against. 
just like no matter what you're just blinded for up to five autos <laughs> um and then the, it was changed to 100 for two to four seconds which it is today i think it's like two seconds i think uh is the blind duration right now it was originally four when they uh changed it to this but uh they've nerfed it a fair bit his w was the same kind of like just the the move fast ability his e at one point was a toggle once again we love toggles in old league of legends and then his change to his ultimate which i i mean all of us probably fondly remember um his ultimate had a 10 minute timer on the mushrooms rather than three minutes so like the map would be fucking littered with mushrooms um like late game i also believe just, there's a there's a high game for timo mid <laughs> yeah he played it yeah, versus bjergsen uh-huh. in uh, one of his first games ever <laughs> it's really good mm-hmm. yeah but old team was fucking frustrating i feel like new team was also frustrating but um neither of definitely them definitely more been, manageable like, yeah no bouncy mushrooms back in the day <laughs> yeah um tristana tristana is probably the least uh crazy uh, changes uh her passive was the exact same her q is the exact same her w was the same but it had a 2.0 ap ratio <laughs> uh her e was the wasn't the bomb thing but it was still like the minions like aoe and explode when you last hit them uh it also gave grievous wounds if you used it on an enemy um and then her ultimate was the exact same except that it also had a 2.0 ratio so there was the meta of ap trist is pretty good because her alt has a 2.0 ratio and her jump that resets has a 2, 2.0 ratio right her um, and because also had a fat damage ratio too yeah it was like 0.7 or something like that mm-hmm. but it got gutted before um i, mean, I think it was like 0.4 when ap Tristana was actually good though was the main yeah, thing yeah and that was also in a time in, in the time before they removed our, our good friend Deathfire Grasp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Deathfire Grasp, alt jump, and then you reset jump on their team again. Mm-hmm. Like, it's mm-hmm. really, really good. Or you just dip right back out. Yeah. Um, oh, cool. God, those, those fights where they were clumped and you just W'd on top of it like four times in a row. You just malfight. I yeah. know, um, in theory, TF's supposed to be next, but I want to do TF last. So we're going to do Warwick. Um, so Warwick's old pass was called Eternal Thirst, uh, which gave him healing on auto attacks. Wow, very cool. He was the only jungler yeah. that could jungle in old uh, league of legends without buying cloth mm-hmm. armor at the beginning mm-hmm. uh he could actually yeah. buy boots which would allow him to have a quicker clear time uh, he also his... used to be an ice slash lightning bear that was pretty cool <laughs> his uh <laughs> q is called hungering strike which was a fucking magic damage huge nuke with a 1.0 ratio that healed him for 80 percent of the damage done and that damage was uh also then changed to be percentage damage to champions which would take the higher number between the base magic damage or the 16 percent damage like uh, max health damage so mm-hmm. <laughs> like late game warwick like ap warwick you do like 800 damage cues to like people and you'd heal for 80 percent of that and it was on like a f- five to seven second cooldown it was it was crazy what ap warwick could do um his w is called hunter's call which was just an attack speed steroid which also gave uh attack speed to your allies around you his e was called blood set blood scent which just gave vision of enemies who were below 50 percent and gave kind of bonus movement speed when it was active and his alt which uh some people might remember was called infinite duress and it was a blink point and click suppression that did 70 damage plus 40 percent ad uh times five and did uh on hit damage times five and uh had 30 percent gave him 30 percent lifesteal during it god warwick had so many goofy builds you could play tank warwick you could play on hit warwick you could play ap warwick like it was crazy what you could do with this character patch 420 mm-hmm. yeah AP, uh, or, uh, on hit weed wick yeah, yeah or like before they made madrid's unique <laughs> Yeah. You could just go fucking which was old Blade of the Rune King if people don't know what Madrids is, where yeah. it did percentage of like your current health. So you could go multiple of that and then get, you know, five X on hit attacks 
times three because you've got three of that it was mm-hmm. dumb. yeah it's crazy and last but not least is tf which i think a lot of people have heard the horror stories of like uh beta tf and alpha tf and uh early season one tf uh and i'm here to explain that to you so tf's original passive his very first passive most people don't know about this was uh called second sight and it just increased cream uh team crit damn uh crit percentage by three to five percent Wow, your team oh. has an extra five percent. Wow, the only thing that's really, I don't have like, to take my one percent rune anymore. <laughs> that was all it really did. Was like a lot of people would tech in like when there was rune pages that you had to buy runes for. People would sometimes put one percent crit. So if you hit the one percent crit, one hundred auto attacks, you would probably just win lane. Yeah. Um, this kind of did that automatically for your entire team, which is pretty good. His uh second passive after that one got reworked was called loaded dice which gave two gold per uh, per cs to his allies uh, and gave him one through uh one or one through six uh gold on last hits for himself which is pretty good mm-hmm. uh, it also favored rolling sixes i think was the the gimmick of it is because he's supposed to stack his deck or whatever yeah um but it's kind of goofy just it turns out giving gold to characters like this is really really good especially in competitive play uh, <laughs> his old cube which i didn't know about was called sealed fate which was a point and click uh seven second dot uh and it was silence uh when you used it on someone Jesus. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. His old W was called Wild Cards, which <laughs> was just an auto attack enhancement that was always active that made his auto attacks randomly deal 1 through 100 bonus damage. <laughs> so he would just, he, every single auto, he would roll like a dice on like how much bonus damage you would do. That's insane. Um, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> it is weird that like a character that like in theory stacks the deck could roll ones, <laughs> but. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Uh, his Jeez. second W, which everyone knows now, is called uh, also called Wild Cards, um, but it was very different than how Wild Cards functions today. Um, blue card, when you drew it, was just, you got to pick again. Like, you just pick again. Blue card didn't do anything. It was just make you roll the dice again for, like, what card you were going to pick. Red card was the same. It was uh, AoE damage. I think the AoE is a little bit bigger. Gold card, though, was an AoE stun, and it also did the most damage. Um, for what I learned, though, uh, and this is the first time that I've heard of this, so it might may or not be may or may not be true. Um, apparently, it was easier to pull blue card than red card than gold card. Like for example, it'd be like a two second window for blue card, a one second window for red card, and like oh, a five second car, uh, window for gold card, right? Um, which makes sense if that is the case, or else I don't know how Riot ever would balance a game if yeah. blue card literally is a reroll and red card is just worse than gold card every single time. You just, you just press W and it generates a random card for you. Basically, yeah. you get to pick. For those, like, there was that tech, though, for a while where um, people realized that you could select gold card, um, auto cancel, and then you could hold gold card forever. Like, uh, because, like, people would, like, oh. you'd, you'd choose your card and then you'd, like, would have it stored or whatever. Um, and it's just like there's tons of gimmicks with that. Anyways, onto the bread and butter though. His E was called Gate. Yes, the second part of uh, his current ultimate was his E ability, uh, which was a uh, global teleport with an 18 second cooldown late game. Um, so while Gate was active, uh, Tia, Tia, uh, sorry, sorry, while his ultimate was active, Destiny, he would teleport instantly without even the channel. But without it, he would just like have the like the good old tf teleport that we know today so imagine him having that ability on an 18 second cooldown as a basic ability that's crazy to me that anyone thought that was balanced that was only an alpha they removed it pretty quickly but holy fuck gate was crazy yeah Um, i'm just i'm imagining like the shenanigans yakety stacks of him like going for a backdoor and having awards like right when they're about to reach you he like teleports back out towards baron yeah and like by the time they get there he just jumps back because the cooldown's gone 
Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, they eventually moved that uh, portion of his ultimate, uh, portion of his E back to his ultimate. His E, his second E was called Stack Deck, which is the attack seed sp- steroid, um, and every fourth auto did bonus attack damage. The craziest part of this ability is that it just gave uh, CDR, gave 15% CDR, which Jesus. on a character like TF is just crazy uh, <laughs> that they would ever do that. Uh, and then his ultimate was uh, Destiny, which we now know as the, like, kind of mini-range teleport, gl- we call it, like, semi-global. Um, but before, it was a global teleport that gave vision of everyone. It also gave vision of himself when he used it. Um, but it would globally slow all enemies by 40%. Wow. That's yeah. insane. And when you comboed it um, with your E before his E got reworked, it would just teleport him instantly without any channel. It's like, holy fuck. That... <laughs> wow. Like, I understand, like, in Alpha, people don't really know League of Legends. People don't really know MOBAs that much. Like, people mm-hmm. are still learning it or whatever. But imagine an ability like this today. Like, how would TF ever not be picked if you could just instantly teleport somewhere and globally slow people yeah, yeah there's there's no shot he wouldn't yeah it, it's such an anime move man just yeah. literally showing up anywhere behind you nothing personnel kid yeah it's oh. crazy yeah oh man but i i remember like i was an ad twisted fate main for most of my one through 30 journey back in the day yeah because like he you, you could definitely play him either way, AP or AD. Yeah. But AD was a lot more common then. Um, and man, a, a two-second stun on like a three-second cooldown with your with your free ECDR was just... It was brutal. I mean, like, even after, like, all the reworks of, like, making his wild cards less potent, there was still, like, a like number of years where you could hold the pick a card over your head so it's like going between blue red or yellow blue red yellow blue red yellow for like eight mm-hmm. seconds and then you could hold the card for like five seconds and then you would use it and then it would be up like three seconds later like you would just have like i don't know like what, what would you say like 13 seconds of like lane priority just pressuring that you could just by pull, not pull choosing a card yeah. yeah like the fact that you could stun them whenever you want like it, that's so crazy that that was in the game for so fucking long it was just a massive, a massive amount of pressure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Jeez, that's wild. Nice. Um, thanks for taking us down uh, memory vein with this nostalgia. Um, let's talk about competitive league, where a certain um, Counter Logic gaming team uh, released a really dumb video. Um, <laughs> uh, I, have you guys? Oh, I haven't uh, seen this. You haven't seen it. No, it's the I'm general gonna, manager telling the, telling the players he loves them. They're like brothers. Uh, since they went 0-3 instead of... Uh, or since they went 1-2 instead of 3-0, it's going to be the last time their roster of, of five plays together. And the players are obviously like pretty shaken up about that, like learning about that news for the first time in that, in that video. Mm-hmm. And the craziest part about it all is like <laughs> in the lower third, every like 20 seconds, Colton... A fucking Bud Light ad like appears. Yeah. Like this is your Bud Light cool off moment. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, okay. I'm gonna. Is like to sponsored content right or whatever? Mm-hmm. Like it's been removed, but you can probably find like a re-upload. I'm sure someone you, you in the sure. like posted. Yeah, but, I think like, I think I've found it. Someone's also like, uh, posted on Twitter again. Because like, I think it's cool. I think very many like a lot of people like seeing behind the scenes stuff. Like it's very cool as an outsider being able to see like what a team meeting is like, right? Yeah. First of all, there are problems with talking to your team like that on camera after losing because they're all just like sad because they like fucking lost a game yeah um but like 
don't know. There's some merit for it. Like, T- like I think TSM, like, it's not even remotely close out, like, out of TSM's wheelhouse to post a video of, like, whatever their series it's called now, of, like, them being like, oh, we just lost, guys. Like, we're looking into roster changes. I don't think that's that big of an issue, right? I think there's, like, maybe, like, issues with, like, CLG's branding of kind of always being, like, this family comes first, like, team brand or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then having that. But, like... I, I mean, I don't think anyone would bat an eye if TSM did that, for example. The issue is that it's a fucking Bud Light-sponsored content. <laughs> it's just yeah, so I think fucking that's the, weird. I do think that's the weirdest part of it. Um, I, I I don't know. It, it's certainly, like, out of place and, and probably shouldn't have been posted. But I think this is something that happens with most LCS teams, like, all the time. I, yeah. I went back, like... Um, Hundred Thieves handling of the media situation the first time. Yeah. Um, Cloud Nine uploaded a very similar video with uh, the initial benching of Sneaky and Jensen. Yeah. Uh, and then anytime TSM interacts with another team slash the Lena situation. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know that the LCS is a as a as a um, I guess like brand is sort of just like really unprofessional and uh, it, it it kind of shows I think. I mean there. The reality is, is like there's a lot of young people who have don't have world ex, worldly experience in these roles, right? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, of course. And it very much shows in things like this, right? Like, I think yeah. that at least I hope that in like a sports league, you wouldn't like fucking be like, ah, oh, this is our whatever sponsored thing. You're getting benched, homie. <laughs> like, no, and, and like going back to what you're saying, like these are very inexperienced, like professional business people. Yeah. The general manager who said that is a is an ex Super Smash Bros. Like, yeah. Manager. He's Mango's coach. Yeah. Yeah. So like, definitely not the person that you would expect to handle things with with the tact required sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't. I don't know. I think people are making such a big deal out of. I also, like, well, don't I mean, think it's whatever. anyone individual's, like, fault, right? Like, like t- it's not Tafo's fault. I'm sure that someone came to him and was like, hey, we need to put out a fucking content piece. Uh, yeah. Go talk to the boys. We're going to record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or even, like, maybe they were filming it, like, not unknowingly, but, like, they were there filming while he was having this chat with, like, no indication to him that this was going to be their Bud Light sponsored content. Yeah. Oh, right? no, no. Like, I, I'm yeah, sure they film. Just- I'm sure they just film after yeah. every single game and, and yeah, uh, pick and choose what to upload. It was just that's a mm-hmm. a wild thing to select. <laughs> when I when I saw the way you titled it in in like our show notes, yeah. just like Demonte cooling off with a refreshing Bud Light hashtag ad, yeah. I was like, oh, is it gonna be like, ah, shit, boys, we got three would this week. Let's all enjoy a Bud Light and like really really like cheesy sponsored content where it's like you ever have a bad day in solo queue cool off with a bud light no i don't know that would be funny but it was sponsored by bud light and then uh because pobelter got bench right and they picked up picked up demonte to Mm -hmm. replace and that's the news by the way demonte's clg's new bid which is probably a huge improvement by the way absolutely Um, pobelter tweeted out just got bud light tm aced and he's holding the (laughs) bud light giving a thumbs up (laughs) yeah (laughs) just funny as fuck way to be a good sport pobelter yeah Hey, you can say what you can about his gameplay, but I'm 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 a Pull Belter fan. Yeah, yeah fair enough. <laughs> but you know, yeah. I was not I was not expecting that video to be the. Like... <laughs> yeah, no, oh, it's man. it's super weird. Um, I definitely think that they handled it not properly, but I also think that there's definitely way more people taking issue with it than like other orgs would have for it. I guess, but you could argue oh, that's mean, how 
CLG's built up their like fan base and stuff. Who knows, right? Yeah, I, I think like uh, maybe this is just a like a, an outsider looking in, but I I think people do like to shit on CLG a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, I I couldn't see this going that way with like I I couldn't see a t- like a TSM disappreciation thread or like this team should be relegated. Like management yeah. should be forced to sell. Yeah. Yeah. Ima- right. Imagine like if TSM had like one of their upper level management talking about private contract issues <laughs> while somebody in the room was streaming. No, hey, but like, and also, there's, there's no way anyone would make a fuss about that. Hey, don't forget that one time that Doublelift was on Team Liquid, uh, shot the bed and basically tanked for a split, uh, and then yeah. got traded to, to to his girlfriend's team. Um, yeah. After mm-hmm. a week, uh, quote a week of being on the market. Yeah, I, I don't know. There's like tons of issues with like the scene. Yeah, yeah. I also think, um, uh, just like a, I don't know. I guess it's not like super relevant, but like a lot of people are like talking about CLG should be forced to sell. The whole point of Riot having those issues, like so, Riot has in their clause for LCS franchise teams that if you miss under underperform like bottom of the pack or whatever for X number of splits, right? We have the we have the right to uh, ask other teams and uh, get our opinion on if we like want you to sell. Like we can kind of force you to sell if you're underperforming and not putting money into it, it mm-hmm. into the scene or whatever, right? And why are people complaining about CLG, man? CLG like is one of the only bottom teams that actually is investing money into the scene like yeah and like like it, fly the, fly the quest cl- golden Gu- guardians like these teams put like obviously golden guardians had like issues with like their funding and stuff like that but the reason why these teams aren't putting money into the scene is because they're not making money if if golden guardians was making buku bucks from league of legends they would be buying good players you know what i mean if fly quest is making crazy money from uh the scene they'd be like putting way more money into the scene clg obviously in the same situation as FlyQuest and golden guardians they're still they still got broxa who was probably an expensive purchase they still got finn who was probably an expensive purchase they're still trying to make their roster better and i feel like i don't know shitting on them for this is crazy they're like one of the only like bottom teams that's actually trying to make their roster better (laughs) yeah and i was gonna jump in on that where it's like it's it's a good clause to have that available Mm -hmm. but the point is is that we don't want you, you know, we don't want these big companies to buy a spot in the LCS mm-hmm. to use it as a sponsorship vector yeah. and not try and contribute to the league. Like, we don't want Golden Guardians to be able to, like, put their brand on it, throw in five random plat players yeah. and be like, lol, our overhead is $10, but we're getting all of this, like, free advertising. And obviously, it's more complicated, but, like... yeah. Hey, is the team making a good faith effort to improve and be competitive? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, hey, if if being the number one team or like an internationally competitive team was easy, then we'd be doing it more often. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's fucking hard to be a team that can beat the liquids or the TSMs or the C9s of the world. Like, it is, you know, these are the best of the best in North America. So even if you are coming in like seventh or eighth consistently, like you're you're still trying. Um, and and I think you made up a really good point. Where made a really good point where it's like, you know, if they're going to be investing these huge dollar amounts to get the staff and the infrastructure and the players there needs to be some kind of return yeah there's no reason for golden guardians or you know clg 
or any team that's finishing like bot four to pump you know, twenty million dollars into new players and, yeah. and coaches and so on if they're gonna make ten million for you know getting first place or even it's like cool we can go from tenth to fifth yeah but you know we're we're not breaking the top three without putting a hundred million in there yeah and so I, they're I, like why why would I do it. I also do want to make one more point about, like, the whole, like, getting rid of teams and franchising. A lot of people have this notion that removing a CLG, a team that has been underperforming for many years, would make the franchise league better. Mm -hmm. It would not, though, from my understanding, right? If you remove a league, you decrease the value of the league, right? Why would another team want to take the spot of this team that is being ousted of their position right like that just like screams like financial like insecurity right like Mm -hmm. if the fact that you can you can you can spend 20 million dollars or whatever buying a spot and then a couple years later they go hey we're making you sell goodbye like Mm -hmm. that's like that's bad for the league right never wants to implement that it degrades the faith people have and like that these big sponsors and big spenders yeah would have you know buying or funding a team Right, where it's like, okay, if I'm putting all of this effort into getting a slot, like I want to know that that's going to be some kind of long-term return. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not that, you know, if I, I put all this money in and let's say buy like a 10-year slot, if we don't do good in the first three years while we're still building up and yeah. like trying to find the players and the staff, they might just try and kick us the hell out. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, that's, that's kind of wild. And I mean... So that there's the the faith that investors are going to have would be degraded by mm-hmm. them being kicked out or yeah. you know pressured to sold, and then like do you do, does anyone think that that's actually going to make like the LCS like the NALCS a more competitive region like whatever team you get to replace them, what what's going to happen? They're probably going to get three of those players who were in the old CLG. Yeah two random no names and they're gonna go 12th yeah like i mean hey maybe maybe they pull off the you know the glory rise from the bottom like upset but they're probably gonna be like a 10th place team who's not great and it's like wow you replaced one bad team with name recognition and long-term players with another team that is still doing nothing for the league Mm -hmm. i agree yeah, I, I think it's like a whole a mess. Uh, I definitely think CLG fucked that up. I, I think it's hard not to say that, but oh, I definitely absolutely. think yeah, they're getting yeah. flamed a little bit more than they probably should. Uh, I don't think it's anyone's at fault. Like, don't flame Tafo. Don't flame the players. Like, don't really flame the org. They were they were just sticking to their brand and countering logic in terms of their <laughs> <Yeah>. content release. <laughs> yeah, no, I I think there's definitely some issues there, but like nothing that's too too crazy by any means. Definitely, we're not ousting them out of the league for that. I don't think. So. No. Cool. Awesome. Uh, let's jump into the roundtable. Yeah. So last week's question was, uh, what is your opinion on Riot's last year of champion releases? Have they been well-designed or balanced? Too many or too few? What would you like to see in the future? We got lots of answers this week on all of our platforms. Uh, from our Twitter, we got one from Nas Ejos. He says, uh, amount okay, gr- uh, generally great design. I wish the designers would take a break before it's finalized and ask, does, does this champion need that? In my opinion, Akshon, as a marksman assassin, does not need a revive for the entire team. Viego, if we accept him as he is, doesn't need the R reset or the jump. Uh, I think that's a good way to look at it. Downgrade Falco says, too many uh, 
uh, with too many kit styles in one. Look at the champ with uh, Twitch Q, Vayne passive, Chameleon Banshees as a passive for three. Fucking uh, fucking time. I, I I don't like it, but it's been the been that way since Yasuo came out. Legit, the champion that changed design design philosophy. Oh my god, I can't get through that. Yeah, um, speaking is hard. <laughs> So I do, like, just quickly want to touch on this, because, like, I do see people, like, going, like, oh, yes, Twitch Q, Vayne's passive, Camille's E, um, Caitlyn's alt, but also uh, Lucian's alt, whatever. I feel like if it's all these things at the same time, it's a new character. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? Yeah, like, and it's, I, I think it's very similar to the the Sona Seraphine conversation we've had, where it's, like, the way you frame it and your particular take on it, like, you can you can call any character... A combination of a bunch of other characters yeah. abilities where you could be like well uh annie ult is just actually vigar w and her q is just actually old scion q yeah. so they're just the same character like like, I mean, like sure like, i i don't want to like discredit because I, I do think that this argument does hold up for like i think i do think the seraphine sona thing does hold up with this argument right like they all their abilities are similar to one another right which makes you a lot a comparison i just think saying like Oh, it's it's the same character because it's twelve different characters. Means, yeah, it sounds like a completely fucking different character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I, I think yeah, that's another way to say it. it's like well, well, yeah, these these four abilities yeah. exist in some form in the game because like, how often does a character yeah. come into the game and every single one of their abilities and passive? are entirely unique mechanics to the game yeah well the thing well, is like that gets added never. and people get really upset i mean look at the the team revive thing we've yeah. we've not seen that in action yet is he even oh he is on the pbe right but like that's not made it to live servers we don't know how riot's no. going to change that before and people are already upset they were they were furious at, at the trailer so like i just think that's like his least good ability <laughs> yeah i mean I, I think it's good too i think the most common usage is like like you were saying i don't know if it was last week or the week before but is hey jungler go die for this one for one and i'll revive yeah. you and and mm -hmm. we get 150 extra gold yeah and you like don't that. really lose that you, you get yeah. instant recall yeah yeah but you also um, still give over 300 gold yeah, like yeah, <laughs> That's the most practical I, use. But yeah, I think there's like tons of issues with like comparing characters and stuff. But I, I think it's human nature. I don't want to say like people are wrong for comparing characters. Like it's very easy no. to go. This is something that I know. So I'm familiar with this. Right. And I, I yeah, do think like with, good, good. with that particular comment, uh, maybe it was leaning more towards like Twitch's Q is this. Why does he have it as a portion of it? Like why is this ability so full that it can fit, you know, five different characters, you know, abilities yeah. in one. Like may maybe that's what yeah. this person meant. And, you know, there is some merit there, but I think Riot's done a really good job of making sure that abilities aren't so overloaded that they ruin the core integrity of the game. Mm -hmm. I agree. I don't know. Like, Yasuo is a fine character. I think he can be frustrating to play against, but to say that he changed the des design philosophy because he could block skill shots? I don't know. I don't know if yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, I, I think um, the, the overloaded argument, I think, is a lot better to say, like, you know, hey, this character's Q is like you know, two other characters' Qs combined. Like, why did they get that? And it's only half of an ability mm -hmm. compared to this one's. Yeah. Um, and then to jump back, I think to the first roundtable response, where you know, like the take a step back when they're in their like near final build and say, like, do they really need this? Mm -hmm. Like, I would love it if there was somebody's job at Riot. 
who like the right the champion designer is like okay we add this and we put this in and we mm-hmm. make the character and then at the very end there's someone that comes in and is like what can we strip away and this character is still viable <laughs> Yeah, this character still functions as he's like designed, but without yeah, all the right, like, guff. Yeah, right. I, to so, be like, fair, in, in that case, that job ahead. probably exists. <laughs> it uh, might. It yeah. might honestly might. <laughs> I, I think in some form it does, but just somebody comes in, it's like, yeah, well, we we could just take away that revived shit on Akshan's W and uh, get get rid of this, you know, attack speed steroid. And mm. hey, this this doesn't need to auto attack reset, and like character's still fine. I, I just think it'd be so funny for somebody to come in and do that, which, I, yeah, there, there's probably some level of that where somebody is coming in and being like, you know, what can we strip away? Or, you know, if if we release them and they're a 54% win rate, like, where are the immediate areas we could tone back? Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Awesome. Uh, last tweet is from uh, Sir Fishy. He says, uh, except uh, release Samira and maybe Yona is pretty happy with all the champs uh, from this year. Hell yeah. From our Facebook, we got one from Elliot, and he says, I forgot uh, every champ that was released, but didn't care for... Uh, uh, I forget every champion wow. that was released, but I didn't care for Rel or Samira. Uh, but Viego and Gwen are fun, especially Gwen. Holy fuck, that champion is busted. I think her overall design is great. I think they uh, are overbuffed early. From what I want is more random monsters. Give us a Leviathan champ that uh, is out to get Pike. Give us a bearded lady from Malawi's story as a champ. Give us monsters. We are tired of the anime shit. I agree, man. We are tired of the anime shit. We want to riot. <laughs> Um, but, uh, next is from, uh, Paola, Paola, uh, they say, um, I think they need to focus, needs to be more focused on different mechanics. There's too many dashes and the mechanics just don't seem creative anymore. I like to see more champs like Aphelios, Oriana, Nar, uh, Nidalee, uh, just champs that have more variety. Uh, I think there are a lot of champs that Here's the Storm has like Rexar that feel like that League should, sorry, and has like Rexar and, uh, feel that League should just think more about creative ways of that type of champ i do think that heroes of the storm is a weird one to mention because i think, yeah, I think, think heroes of storms goes out of their way to make crazy shit because they don't really have a competitive scene anymore and they don't really care if it like really works or not i guess yeah but, I, like, I do agree that it's it's cool seeing variety in general yeah i'm gonna look up the the tier list and maybe we can see like a win rate um for it but i think um I don't know. I would entirely disagree that Riot's creativity is out the window. I mean, we've got Yone, who's a really unique, like, super cool character inspired by an already existing character. I think Samira was personally probably the most fun, like, character of the bunch to be released, who plays completely different from any other AD carry. Yeah. Like, I I don't know. I think it's, um, I think there's a lot of creativity still happening in, 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 still occurring in the in the champion designs that yeah like just because it's not interesting to you doesn't mean it's not creative i think yeah nick you the the point you just said is what i was about to say um one if it's not interesting to you or even if like if you don't like it like it doesn't it doesn't matter if you like a character's design or if they're balanced or unbalanced or if you just hate playing against them like that has no bearing on whether or not that design was like unique or creative or inspired or whatever word you want to use to describe it. It's like, you know, I am not a huge fan of Aphelios. I, <laughs> I don't like Aphelios. I don't like playing with him, against him. I don't like that he's in the game. Was Aphelios a unique, well-designed character? Fuck yeah. Like, 
it was so cool when I was reading about it. It was like, whoa, he's got all these fucking weapons and he's swapping out. Mm-hmm. And I played like two games and I'm like, I hate it so much. <laughs> but yeah, was was he a unique character? Was it a good design? Yeah, I just I, my brain is just too small. I can't. I can't. Uh, what are weapons, man? <laughs> I mean, all like, I know is is big sword and big rod. If I want to be like completely honest about, it, I think the last uncreative character, and I mean relative to the. Uh, lot of characters is probably set right like he, he oh, is absolutely, a very yeah. basic in design character he's a punch guy who has punch moves uh, in a slam right like he, mm-hmm. he's very punch basic moves in a slam yeah, but yeah. like outside of like you can boil any character down to like a pretty simple thing but he in general people he love set yeah people, people love set yeah people do love set like people, I, I think people are like uh, do use the term like uh, creativity like wrong or like lack of creativity or whatever um because i do think set is one of the least creative ones but he's still like a good design and the rest of them are way more creative than set i think mm-hmm. but uh yeah, yeah anyways agreed. also also heroes of the storm win rates vary from 55 to 43 no so similar but like so maybe a little like, bit more skewed a little bit more yeah of, like my solo queue experience on any true <laughs> yeah definitely definitely more um skewed towards the end yeah. yeah, definitely closer towards 43, for sure. <laughs> cool. Unless, I, unless somebody's convinced me to play Zillion for the week. <laughs> Watch my uh, tier list video. I talk about Zillion. <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, from our Discord, we have a couple. One from Poe. He says, I think the current season had amazing ideas in, ter- in terms of pure creativity. <laughs> it is funny going right from that. Uh, Rel Viego Gwen are amazing additions for both lore and just being fun characters that, with really flashy moments, but also uh, insanely punishable. Like, in my opinion, even though I don't like some of these characters, I think they're purely creative. Uh, Jay says... Oh, perfect. <laughs> Uh, personally, I like their champion designs, but I think kits are too overloaded. I mean, they just have to come up with new mechanics, but still something like Viego gets away with his alt, and that shouldn't be a thing. I think it'd be fine with just two new champions per year, and therefore more reworks. Update Siobhan already, make her real dragon. I think that's fair. I think it, I think it's an absolutely fine opinion to have, like, that character kits are overloaded. And I think that mm-hmm. does come from the fact that he, he Jay, Jay mentioned it. They have to come up with new shit, <laughs> right? And typically, new stuff is going to push boundaries and make characters a little bit stronger. Um, yeah, yeah, and, like, it's... there's that and it's not so much i think that they're overloaded period it's that they're overloaded Mm. in comparison to their much older peers yeah into characters that are literally a decade old yeah yeah but we have an email about it later played a game before but like but we have an email about it later and they, they they're talking about how like new characters feel strong because they have a ton of new like mechanics and stuff and old characters feel strong because their numbers are overloaded and that is a constant balance issue i'm sure that riot has to deal with right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they should yeah. just uh change malzahar alts so that if he kills them he becomes them but he still keeps and he gets his ultimate back yeah you know yeah yeah uh says i definitely think there are, <laughs> sorry i definitely think there are too many uh, been too many champions that have been uh, that being said, they've all been great with fun mechanics uh, that bring to the table that are fun to use, but it can be frustrating to play against. I think mostly well-designed, except for maybe Viego Passive could use some work. I agree. And then last but not least for our Discord is one, is one from uh, Ryan VT 12 and they say, I think Rel and Lilia's releases went really well, but I don't think the direction Riot has been moving with the carry-oriented, carry-oriented champions. I really don't like the direction Riot's moving with the carry-oriented uh, oriented champions. A lot of the new releases start... Uh, can start rolling teams at one or two items with not uh, only good damage but really good mobility utility uh, options more than most older releases compared to compare kale to gwen tristana to samira nocturne to viego kale to tristana and nocturne sorry 
Kale and Tristana and Nocturne rely too much on their numbers being strong to be meta rather than Viego, Samira, and Gwen because they're uh, much more one-sided in how they are designed to be played. Uh, and that inherently makes it difficult to snowball unless the character is overtuned on whatever patch. That's kind of, that's I thought, I thought it was an email, but it was that. Where this person's general sentiment is that it does feel bad that older characters have to be good based on numbers, whereas new characters can be good based on like mechanics, right? And that is something that we're always going to see in League. Like the, look, like the only characters that kind of hold the test of time without numbers are characters like thrash right where he is a very mechanically strong character right he has all these mechanics that are so strong that will always keep a meta and i do think that old characters will fall in at a meta base of numbers but i also kind of i kind of like that you can't rework every character and having them fall in and out is like a fun way of like playing with the game i think yeah, i agree also i i would wager that gwen's numbers are are too high and when she yep. fall like once her numbers are reduced i think they're gonna fall um we currently see that tristana is meta more so than samira um i i, I don't know Th- those aren't the best examples i do agree with what he's saying yeah i think um, it's just more of the precedent of like tristana just being an auto attacker whereas samira has like a bunch of mechanics yeah. to make her strong right like samira could be a strong character without numbers whereas tris probably isn't going to be a strong character unless she has like, the numbers on her like e like all in potential or whatever right mm-hmm. yeah but yeah i think it's i think it's a good analysis of it um, so anyways, this week's roundtable question is, in your opinion, what is the hardest matchup, uh, slash counterpick? I'm going to say probably, probably most top laners into Poppy. Yeah. Um, I've only played it once, but I played Poppy into Fiora and it was, it was easy. She was clearly a better player than me and I still won. Yeah. So I'll say like Poppy into like Fiora, Aurelia, Riven, like that style of, mm-hmm. of champion. Yeah. What about you, Colton? Man, it's tough because like I think that's definitely up there. Um, I'm trying to think of one that's like even worse. I I kind of want to say Fiora into Urgot mm-hmm. because like. If the Fiora is good, you're playing Urgot with only QW. And your Q's kind of dog shit anyway. So, like, against a good Fiora, you will never land E or R. Mm -hmm. You just can't, because they both have wind-up animations that give her plenty of time to react. So that's probably going to be my answer. I think Mm -hmm. that's a really fucked matchup. Oh, yeah. Um, mine, so mine was always Poppy traditionally, like, that just always mm-hmm. has been mine. I always recommend playing Poppy's encounter to, like, every single AD dash character, Aurelia, Fiora, Riven, it's whatever It's very easy. Yeah. It's very, very, very easy, and you kind of just win them. Also, Poppy's, like, not as bad as people think. Uh, but my newest one is from watching, um, the, the T1 Academy scrim, scrims or whatever that LS has been doing, and him talking about it a fair bit. Um, so mm-hmm. is kind of meta, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, Callista's a fair bit meta. You just pick NASA's support interesting i've and, i've heard um i've heard you you can pick uh trundle as a, also yeah. a good uh a good pick into it um nasus is is interesting though because it's an the attack idea, speed slow and a movement speed slow yeah and it like it you turbo it your like support pick because you're like i mean nasus support turns yeah, out yeah, is yeah. great but they literally don't have an ad carry that callista cannot function versus nasus like it's actually like it's unplayable like i feel like the only way that they can deal with it is lane swapping like out of that mm-hmm. like it, his, yeah or, you just or max you wither multiple and sh- cleanses yeah yeah, or, yeah it's so crazy it's it's so good into uh 
into her. Like, you just gotta I, take cleanse by QSS and have somebody with a Mikhail's. Yeah, really though. I, I really do think that if someone like first picks Callista and you're like support, I don't think picking Nasus is troll, man. Like I really just think like especially in solo queue, how does like, a solo queue Callista deal with that? Like you don't. do they Yeah mm-hmm. like, they just lose. And, like, that is you such don't. a perfect example of what I want like the meta to be rather than shifting every two weeks. Yeah. Like it's fucking troll to pick like nasa support right except for this yeah. one very niche scenario which is like is perfect if if meta or if uh kaisa becomes or Callista becomes meta sorry uh then you then you develop a a meta to counter that meta i don't know mm-hmm. i like that is such a, a cool example and i, I really and like then, seeing that that i'm sure is going like, to be gutted yeah it, it probably will i also think like that also that leads to a lot of fun where maybe like Let's say in this example, Callista is number one, like bar none, best AD carry. <laughs> and like we have first pick. So our options are like we want to get Callista, we ban Nasus, or do we just first pick Nasus and be like, I dare you to pick Callista? <laughs> and then when, when they don't, like you just run like Nasus jungle or Nasus top yeah. as like a, as you know, a, a low priority, just don't int lane to secure that like other pick. Or make them counterpick themselves. It's that can be so fun. Yeah, it's um, cool. I do wanna, I do wanna change my answer though. Hell yeah. Uh, I think the the like the hardest counterpick is probably uh, Yumi into fun gameplay. She counters that shit so hard. Yeah. Awesome. You're Hell yeah. If you want bad joke. If you want to tell us uh, what you think the hardest matchup or counterpick is, you can hit us up on our Facebook page or our Twitter at LeakCast. Send us an email, mail@leakcastpodcast.com, or come into our Discord and post in our roundtable section. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right, we're going to jump into mail fight. Our first email is from Brother Nick. Hi, LeakCast. This is my first time writing in, and I wanted to bring up a subject that is very important to me, Akali. Since her rework in August of 2018, she has been directly buffed or nerfed in 25 different patches, not including bug fixes. Many of these patches had multiple updates to her kit, some of them being numerical changes while others removed mechanics entirely so that the champion functioned differently than before. If you consider this multitude of adjustments in addition to the many patches where Akali's items have been adjusted, including the removal of Gunblade, it's a wonder that Akali has any mains left. She is one of the most satisfying champions for me to play, uh, and I have played her when her winner was garbage and when she was overtuned. I can live with her being weak, but I am tired of having to relearn her kit every other month. Obviously, no one thinks this frequency of balance changes is good for the game, nor is it fair to her player base. My question is, should I just move on from a Kali to a champion that is more stable? Uh, how does Riot rationalize the amounts of adjustments, uh, amount of adjustments to this champion along with many others who receive similar treatment? Maybe the real problem is the two-week patch frequency. I don't think Dota has the same issues. Anyway, sorry for the long email, Brother Nick. Um, you, have a, yeah, you have an issue with your champion choice, man. Not only is she OP and has too many good things in her kit, but she's also fun to play and fun to watch. Mm-hmm. So therefore, Riot wants her to be good, but Riot can't have her be good. <laughs> yeah. That is, yeah, the, uh, that is the rough thing. <laughs> yeah, Dota, I mean, I, I think you nailed it on the head. Like, the patch turns around too frequently. Mm-hmm. So that if it, a character is too strong, they just remain strong rather than, like, someone trying different counterplay to it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think Dota actually suffers from the opposite, where the patches are a little too infrequent. So a meta kind of develops and then becomes mm-hmm. stale and and redevelops but a lot of the top tier characters remain top tier for a little bit too long. Um, 
but I mean, if you if you're enjoying playing Akali and she's your favorite character, like I'm sure it's not going to take too long for you to relearn those mechanics, especially stuff like uh, I I don't know her E. You can't cast her Q during her E now. Like that can't yeah. be too difficult to just wait until the E lands mm-hmm. or keep spamming and it and it lands like afterward or uh, after you land. I don't know. I don't. I don't think any of them have been too drastic that changed the way the character functions like a uh, I'll, I'll say like a diana level change where okay now you just have two different abilities like in different orders and that's drastically changes how your character functions yeah i also think i would say it makes sense in my mind that the kind of players who are really attracted to maining akali are probably not super upset at like consistent changes right because like she's a flashy high skill floor high skill ceiling character with a lot of outplay potential and so like the idea that they're making changes and you get to do like new unique things when it's changed each of these times like i i I don't think that that's something that a lot of those players and obviously this akali main is not in that group but I guess in in the way I think about it, I would I would think that a lot of Akali mains are like, yeah, cool. Like I get to learn new combos now, I get to you know practice something new and different, and I have like a new vector for making an outplay, as opposed to uh, maybe let's say Anivia mains who have by and large had the same character for nine years, yeah, and whose combos and like nothing's changed other than you know the recent. Q goes a little faster. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I don't know. Um, I think that there are other characters who've had it definitely worse, but Akali has been subject to a lot of adjustments recently. But again, like you guys are saying, she's exciting to watch. She's exciting to play. And they want her to be good enough to get picked, but not picked every game. And they're just going to have to keep adjusting her to kind of keep doing that. Where you're like, Bring her in, bring her out, bring her in, bring her out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep playing it if you enjoy it. That's what yeah. I say. Yeah. Thanks, brother Nick. All right. Next email is from your friendly hood, your friendly neighborhood, Nitrous God. Hey, boys. Last week, there was an email regarding Shivana and her playability in the jungle. And while I agree she is 100% not the best jungler in the game, she definitely makes an impact when it comes to her presence in a fight and is very easily underestimated. Uh, It's not really advice, and it's not really a question, so apologies for that, but I just wanted to sort of reach out to this person and say, keep playing who you love. The jungle right now is, in my humble opinion, not in the best place in regards to what is expected of the jungler, but I think Shivana still does the job well, and is a hell of a lot of fun at the same time. Keep up the great work, guys. I'm hoping to join the Discord soon. Hell it's yeah. not hard. You just, you just go to our, our website, leadcastpodcast.com. You you click the little Discord widget. Boom, you're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How much does it cost, Nick? How much does it cost? Zero dollars. Free 99. Here. What? Free 99. That's such a great deal. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Now, you won't have access to the patron lounge where Nick posts his OnlyFans content. Mm-hmm. but Only friends it's content. Only, it's only a dollar to get in that lounge. Yeah. And we have really comfy lounge chairs. Thank you, Nitrous God. Mm-hmm. Um, next email is from Armis. Uh, Haley, Cass, been a while, huh? I feel like I'm uh, back to living in Texas in this heat wave. 
uh, even though I'm on the West Coast. But I'm not here to talk about that right now. Nick, you and I are both CLG fans. I've been thinking of ways they could better their chances of success. The draft changes were a good start, but I don't think it was enough. This definitely needs There definitely needs to be roster changes. I wish I could set this in stone, but this is my dream roster. Keep Finn top. He's probably their most reliable player aside from Turtle. Bring in contracts over Broxa. He may have only shown one game in the LCS, but it was an impressive one against TSM. Bring in DeMonte over uh, uh, Pobelter. Uh, with how lax the mid-meta is, I feel like DeMonte can play something he's comfortable on, or they could bring in a rookie mid and build synergy between them in contracts. Keep Turtle. He's playing uh, well, but replace Smoothie with an import support. My dream support would be Limit, another LEC player in Swolbro for Finn to get along with, and an amazing su- engaged support player. Sorry, Not going to lie, seeing Smoothie play engaged support sometimes feel like watching a baby <laughs> take their first steps. Probably not a top-tier <laughs> team, but hopefully it could bring some life into uh, back into CLG. This email, this email was supposed to go out last week before the news of Greg Kim becoming the new head coach of uh, CLG. So I guess my hopes of contracts getting a new spot are even higher now. Uh, still not sorry for the long emails, Armis. Also, this was sent before the uh, the video that came out uh, and Demonte being announced. Yeah. So the profit. Yeah, I mean my, I think my current dream roster would would be like Finn Top and Cody Sun eighty carry, and I have no clue yeah. for the other roles. So Cody Sun eighty carry would be sick. It's insane that I. Like Turtle as a person, I think he's a fine like plug and play player, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think he should be a starter personally. Yeah, yeah, or he should be very much like a fill player on, on another team, where it's like, hey, we can start Turtle because we want our mid lane to be the focus of the team, and he's just going to sit there and like put out average DPS with average performances. Well, mm-hmm. he currently has the highest gold share of any to carry with the third lowest damage share. Um, yeah. So he's getting the resources. It's just like, he's not, not performing carrying. with them. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I do think the current eighty carry meta of like, Hey, farm until you have one item and don't fight before then is like not good for him. A player who historically like likes to play very aggressive. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I would like to see a lot of changes with the with the roster. I think I only really want to keep Finn, and that's it. I mm-hmm. think Finn's looked really good. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah thanks, thanks, Armis. for the email. Next one is from Dippy. He says, as a FlyQuest fan, I'm really happy with the roster changes. Uh, point one, Licorice was signed on with the intention that he would pull things together, but a shot caller he is not. Uh, point two, the FlyQuest main roster can now work on the synergy and playstyle in the easier learning environment of Academy, where they can play without the tilt. And point three, FlyQuest Academy roster is top tier for Academy, and if they can do decent in the LCS, that is really good for developing NA talent long term. I know you three are critical of NA orgs when it comes to developing talent, but some of the orgs are actually investing there. If you want to hear more about that, the True Sight podcast from Oracle's Elixir, Aiden, you can go ahead and just censor that <laughs> later, uh, often interviews academy coaches, and I'm pretty sure the academy coach of 100 Thieves uh, that is very passionate about development. Side note, everyone likes to compare people to Faker, and I don't like it. Caster's calling Abadaj and Palafox. Sure. And Palafox, Fakerdaje, and Palafaker. 
I think this takes away from players trying to make a name for themselves. Would you rather be the next Dyrus or the first Frost, number one top laner NA? Uh, so on- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on to that last point, it's it's just a... Um, it's not even comparing them to Faker at this point because Faker in that context is is no longer the player, but more like like a like a verb or something like that. Yeah, yeah um, I'm sure it's done yeah, in sports like it's, constantly. It's like, a, it, like an adjective. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's a descriptor for a like up and coming player that has the potential to turn the scene on its head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which which is a tremendous compliment because like there is no esports figure like like faker at the moment mm-hmm. um but I, I mean i guess i understand these players are still going to make a name for themselves like regardless um yeah but it, it, you it should be seen as a, as a tremendous compliment and like a like a, a very high very high praise for sure um i think the FlyQuest change was really good they were either I mean, they're they're probably locked into like bottom three, maybe bottom four at the like at the best. Yeah. Um, and their academy team is fucking smurfing. Like, I don't know what they did to Licorice, but yeah, Jesus, he looks good. Um, and then like there there is a big difference between being passionate for development and like actually developing talent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like Hundred Thieves is a good example. Like, I don't. I'm not 100% familiar with like their roster for Academy and, and their pro team, but like bringing in Abadage isn't developing talent here, you know? Yeah, no. It's and, still a good choice for them, but yeah. It's not, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like it was a fantastic choice. He looks yeah. amazing, but that's the, that's the thing is like, I don't, I don't think orgs are, are personally like doing enough to, develop the little bit of any talent they have here i don't know what they could do better personally mm-hmm. but yeah it's, it's hard to say and i also would say like having a priority on talent development is tough because like like you were just saying like how do you develop talent is a very complicated question mm-hmm. and if they let's say put in you know five rookie players that they want to develop them all that could crash and burn very easily. Yeah. Whereas if they had like three retired ex veterans kind of players where it's like, they're not really LCS material anymore, but they can sure as hell get a framework together for an up and coming, you know, mid laner, jungler, AD carry top laner, whatever it happens to be to like learn how to play on a team, be successful and eventually move into the LCS. Like there's, I'm sure tons of different perspectives on how to find right like identify and then foster talent but Mm -hmm. it's it's definitely a tricky thing um so thanks for the email dippy hopefully we uh addressed your points i i see in our live chat some breaking news uh t1 has terminated the contracts of danny and zepha apparently i don't know who those players are those are the coaches right both their coaches (laughs) I, I believe so. Yeah, I know Zephyr's one of the coach. I'm assuming Danny is the other coach. Oh. I would assume. Yeah, so I guess uh, some some T1 changes for the LCK. Are we seeing T1 LS or no? Uh, I don't. I don't know if that's all. I know is that this is in our live chat. That like, I know, I'm just saying. Very... Like, is that is that what we're seeing? Do you think or no? Like, uh... um, I'll wager yes. 
God, I, I think there's a chance, and it might maybe maybe they'll announce that he's been shadow coach for the whole time. <laughs> that would be and bad. Their their coach is bad. Their kids are really bad. Yeah, I I just remember like when he joined the T1 org, how yeah. much bullshit was was there, and I'm like, right, like it, them announcing him as head coach is gonna just bring all that up again, and people are gonna be assholes. Yeah, true. I don't um, know, man. At this point, like they need anything. Like I was watching a, a clip mm-hmm. from a stream that I saw. I, I follow this one person on YouTube that posts like LS and like Nemesis clips and like a bunch of other like T1 clips and stuff like that. Um, and it's like someone flaming him because he ton- he still gets tons of shit. He's a fucking content creator for T1 about like how T1's doing. And he's like, "Do you guys actually think I'm fucking coaching them? Their drafts are shit. The way they play the game is shit." And he's just, <laughs> it's like, I- <laughs> "Do you think I would have fucking told him to pick Varus? You're kidding me." Yeah, and it's like I don't Not know. Not in a hundred years. At this point, it'd be like fun to see him like coach. Like I think T1's like, I mean, they're they're mm-hmm. what sixth right now. Like they're probably not gonna make uh playoffs if like they keep playing like this so it'd be cool to see like a, a yolo play for them but we'll see mm-hmm. pog thank you dippy uh next the email is from jonathan hi jonathan here i'm not a person who constantly hates on new champs or they're very flashy kits but i do find it frustrating with mobility creep in champions it really affects my favorite lord champion that being mordekaiser the only solution I could think of is to simply do a mini rework on Mordekaiser to make him keep up with mobile champions. Mm-hmm. Here's my idea. Passive Stridebreaker. He, instead of sl- creating a damage zone, zone, damaging zone, Jesus, I'm slurring, just instantly starts casting the Stridebreaker effect over and over, slowing for 90%. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Q. Mordekaiser's Q now stuns for two and a half seconds and has a faster cast time near instant. If the champion is smaller than Mordekaiser, they also get squished, reducing their movement speed by 25% for the rest of the game. Uh, w, when shielding yourself, you also instantly pop your passive circle of stride breakers. E, if Mordekaiser doesn't hit a champion with his E, the ability's cooldown is refunded. The hand also does a thumbs up to spread positivity. I like that. Uh, the ultimate, same effect, but if a champion dies to you in the death realm, they stay there until they can beat an AI clone of you. Make people have to fight their way out of the gulag uh, means that they will learn to never give up and always keep fighting. I feel like this version of Mord would be in line with the newer releases of Champions, and come on, how broken could it be? It's not like he can revive an entire team or become untargetable as well as heal every time someone dies. Laughing emojis. Please come with feedback. Jonathan. Um, I like the thumbs up part. That's it cool. seems like a really good like morale character, mm-hmm. especially like the you know teaching people to never give up, and keep fighting. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, it's definitely it, funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not a good. It's too op. Yeah. It's too it's too op. An AOE ninety percent slows and that's now now okay the if the champion is smaller than them they get squished, reducing their movement speed for the rest of the game. That needs we need that we need it. Yeah. Just like just bonk Timo and he's slow for the rest of the game. Perfect. How Hell wild yeah. would a character be if it were balanced around like the size, like its size? I, Not- okay, so I was thinking about that the other day. There was there was some like balance conversation in our Discord, and I wanted to jump in with just like the bonkers idea of what if what if they gave like every ability that has a projectile. Like, they, they already have the projectile speed. Give everything a weight. Give all the characters weights. And have, like, their size factor into that. And then just every every projectile in the game has a knockback. That's dependent on, like, the momentum of the projectile. <laughs> yeah. And the inertia of the unit hit. 
Like, so like Jace Q through the gate onto like a a Lulu and she just dies. She just goes. Flying. She flies out of the game. <laughs> yeah, she just goes flying, but then like you shoot like a Jinx rocket across the map, and it's this huge heavy projectile, and it hits Gragas's stomach, and he just bounces off. That's funny. Yeah. Oh nice. god! Imagine how how like stupid hard that would be to balance. Just like every ability had momentum, and like every character had like a frame of inertia. That would to get be knocked insane. around. It'd be so funny. Thank you, Jonathan. I, I buy magnet boots, so you can't knock me back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm stuck to the ground. Um, next email from Pards, the ARAM exhaust cuck. He says, "Hey, leg cast. I'm Pard. It's, it's Pards. I can read." Uh, I was emailing in to ask you what your favorite ultimate combos have been in the new game mode. I actually assume that y'all have played much <laughs> of the new game mode. My favorites have been Malzahar with Skarner ult, Evelyn with Malzahar ult. <laughs> um, uh, okay, but the real reason I'm emailing you is to see if you have heard about Star Wars Visions. Uh, again, I will assume you haven't. Essentially, it's a new anthology series in which they are having different anime studios in charge of different episodes. I haven't watched a lick of JoJo. Well, that's just a sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the studio, but that studio is doing one of the episodes. And if it is Poggy Woggy, then I will consider getting past the unique art style of JoJo and giving it a go. Hell yeah. Thank you for your time. Uh, I had not heard anything about that. I... Man, it's it's such a fine line between excited and being like, hmm, each episode is a different studio. That sounds like a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Well, I think like a different animation studio. Probably not different like oh, okay. uh, like story studios. Okay, so the just the visual style. I, okay, that, I, that could I would, be really I would cool. imagine. Otherwise, yeah, it would be a disaster and terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, who, who makes JoJo? That's David Bones? Productions. David, yeah, David, David, David Productions. Productions. Why was I thinking it was Bones? Speaking of, uh, part eight ends next month in the, uh, in the manga. Hell yeah. I have it on my fucking thing. I need to start it. Hell yeah, brother. Uh, I haven't played any of the new game, but I'm hoping to. I saw a, uh, Kiana draft the Jarvan ultimate and that was disgusting. (laughs) I saw, I saw Nautilus with Zoe ult. Yeah. That looks hilarious. That was so (laughs) funny. It didn't look very good, but it looked very funny. (laughs) Yeah. I could, uh. And then, like, any of the characters that show Gath Alter are just hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Because they get big. Mm-hmm, they get big. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Pards. Next email's from Gecko. Uh, Hello, boys. After Wisdom Teeth Removal, I got a lot of time to climb that ladder, and I reached Gold 4. Time to speedrun to Silver 1. But as I continue to play, uh, the m- more I realize two things. My Renekton has become a notch above my other champions. Uh, also, the increasing fear of autofill slash secondary role. Of course, one tricking is fine, but do you guys think that I should keep uh, that I should maybe slow the climb and start working on other champs, or should I just uh, keep going until I peak slash plateau, then widen my pool? I had a few games where I had a Yasuo mid and picked Wukong just for the synergy, but kind of backfired because I soft entered my lane. Um, also, I feel like my enjoying my enjoyment of the game is enhanced when I play multiple champs, so I do plan to play more champions in ranked. Uh, also, how should I go up? Uh, about a secondary role. How do you guys work with the secondary role 
with a secondary role. Currently, I queue top primary and support secondary, as support is a relatively easy role. If I get put support, I just play Pike since I have a good amount of games on him, but I do tend to int a little bit. Should I set aside more games to practice support slash finding a solid secondary role? Should I maybe try playing Pantheon slash set, maybe Thomas Kench, since they can play top as well? Or should I just queue mid-secondary to up my chances of getting top? Again, there's no real definitive answer to these questions, but I would like to hear your opinions on how to approach these situations. Again, thank you all for the amazing content. P.S. I was real hyped to find out the university I'm going to in the fall has a league esports team. But then reality struck when it said only people above Diamond can try out. I can only hope, but then again, Diamond is real far. Have a good one, boys, Gecko. Hey, it's only far if you don't try. They also they also might have like a B team. Like some teams have like B and yeah, C teams they, and stuff. Like they for, almost yeah. certainly have a B team and a C team and an active League of Legends and or gaming club with yeah. plenty of other players in your skill level. Like I I would say that there is like a ninety nine percent chance that a team that that a school with a good League of Legends team. Yeah probably has a league of legends club with like 50 plus members yeah i mean at the same time like you don't have to be involved strictly on like playing on the yeah like you said the a team like get involved mm -hmm. other ways i think that's got to be a relatively easy way to approach like being on the team but not having to be diamond you know yeah, yeah they, they they definitely have internal coaching staff yeah like faculty and students they probably have a broadcast for when they're scrimming or playing games that you could be a part of that. Like, or there's subs, a, there's a, even. Yeah, like yeah. subs. Scrim yeah, partners. There, there's a lot yeah. of other things happening besides being a starter on the A-team roster. Mm -hmm. um, but again, if you're not first, you're last. Ricky Bobby, the American <laughs> way, all that good stuff. Uh, back to his question, though, of one-tricking and like off-roll. What would you guys say yeah, honestly, is the best way to go about it? Honestly, um, I would secondary mid and play Renekton mid. Yeah, um, that's crazy I that think, you're not. <laughs> I, I think uh, especially... I don't think he loses a single like mid lane matchup. Um, it is a character that if you play it into counter picks, like yeah, Renekton into Yasuo is like one of the freest matchups and is something that like even like Mo or other... Um, like Yasuo one tricks complain about, mm -hmm. like it's insane. Yeah, I, I'd say uh, Renekton's almost better mid than top. Like it's it's crazy. Yeah, like that that added like cheese factor almost is is so beneficial. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're going to be playing a character you've got hundreds of games on versus somebody who might have played against mid Renekton once or twice. Yeah. That being said, sure. I mean, yeah, if you, if you enjoy playing other characters, like play those. I I wouldn't necessarily learn new characters if mm -hmm. your goal is to just climb as high as you want. Um, if you if you want to exchange your champion pool and and like approach league that way, you know, go ahead and, and try Pantheon set, uh, maybe even Tom. Mm -hmm. But I, I think Renekton, you can get through almost every single champion like lobby with. I, so yeah, why not? I, would, I also just want to say like if, if your only goal is to climb, then like dodge dodge games that you get secondary role. Mm -hmm. Like I mean, I play yeah. I play top support at an Elo with way less players, like way less players. Um, and I get out of field maybe like what once every 30 games or so you can just dodge that one every 30 games and then just climb if that's all you want to do like that's probably in theory yeah. your best way to climb if not just like play your characters that you're good at in mid which I think is fine as well yeah yeah that, that's one way to go about it and then I, w I would say as well like if you really don't want to dodge um, 
there are definitely easier characters in in particular roles where it's like I get auto-filled in whatever my, you know, off role is. You can play something that's difficult or you can play like for example bot lane like Soraka or top lane like Scion or Orn. Um, you know, I, I think Pike is a character that's pretty feast or famine in terms of like support. But if you play like Janna or Soraka, don't int and you're going to be very useful. Um, so that's just something to, I guess, consider. Obviously, if you already have a good background of Pike, play characters you like and are good at. But if you do end up filled and don't want to dodge, uh, you know, consider just taking an easy character or like. A, a stat check character or you know wh whatever's stupid at the time but like you know there, there are easy ways to add a lot of value to your team even if you're not super yeah. experienced in that yeah. position or whatever thanks Gecko. next email is from curlo it says hey guys just wanted to say i love the podcast and listening to you three ramble on about the game we all love deep down just want to give my two cents on last week's roundtable question regarding champion design. Personally believe that champion design is going in a direction that does not reflect the vastness of Runeterra. Mechanically, they're all great champions, being very unique in their own way, but artistically, all we seem to be getting is the same e-boy and e-girl-esque champions. I believe that v uh, Viego was some of the most wasted potential for a champion in Riot's history. He's the ruined king of Camivore, for God's sake. He had the potential to be some awesome, scary, brooding tyrant to rival the likes of Mordekaiser, but no. We get some pale, sad, muscular emo in a vest crying over his dead wife. I just wish we'd gotten a bit of diversity with more cool monster champs as the last monster that rele was released was Orn. Is he a monster? Uh... <laughs> Anyway, I mean, he's just he's just like a thick humanoid god. Oh, poor guy. Uh, anyway, thank you uh, for listening to my rant. Again, I absolutely love the podcast and all the efforts you guys put in to entertain us. However, I will not apologize for the length of this email. Kind regards, your resident Ivern main, Curlo. So, like, um, I don't mind the anime characters overall, but Nick, yeah, imagine same. if um, Viego like actually like nameless king like type look to him like dark souls yeah. fucking like brooding that's kind of cool though right oh no no I'm, yeah. I, yeah for sure i don't i don't think viego's like character design is is perfect i think it's fine it's but whatever. It, it would be really cool um i i think like maybe his character model even evolving as the game goes on yeah. maybe if he had like a like a hidden like i don't know soul collection stack that did nothing gameplay wise, but changed how he appeared. Mm -hmm. I think that would be really cool. It just adjusted the opacity of his character model. <laughs> but you no, start like, with, you but start if he like aged from being like this like hot fucking anime boy to being like this fucking like disheveled king who's like just this ruined king, it'd be so fucking cool. Yeah, exactly. That's what that's what I mean. If like this is his like extremely weakened state, and as he collects more souls, like he becomes more and more powerful. Yeah, that'd be I think cool. it'd be dope. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Carlo. Uh, our last email is from Carla. Um, <laughs> Hello, guys. Long-time listener and first-time email emailer. My name is Carla, and I'm from Scotland. 
uh, and I've been listening to your show for nearly a year now. I put it on when I get ready for bed, and it helps me wind down after a long day of work. Oh, this- so our content puts you to sleep, huh, exactly. Carla? Uh, this email up. is already long, so I'll get to my question. I have a condition called adult uh, dyspraxia, which means my limbs, i.e. hands, arms, and fingers, don't do what my brain tells them to do. Or they do it wrong or too slowly. As you can probably guess, this means my mechanics slash micro and league are beyond ass backwards and will not get better even with practice. And so I'm stuck in top lane in Pislo Bronze 3 after playing for a year and I don't know how to climb. It has been my goal for a while now to get to gold and I'm really lost. Uh, so thought I would ask you guys, how far can I get in league basically without having any mechanical skill at all? And what would you recommend from your vast knowledge of the game? I uh, do to climb... Um, Oh, what would you recommend I do to climb basically while using my hands as little as possible? Thank you for your wonderful podcast, and sorry for the long email. Carla, P.S., please do not say main Yumi. I would rather quit the game. So I I looked into this a fair bit. Just I was seeing like if there's any other Reddit threads about people with similar things, yada, yada, yada. And I, yeah. I, I thought about this a lot because I think it's a very interesting email, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because – and I also think that main Yumi is also like a silly thing to say. Um, first of all, because I actually think Yumi – has mechanics that don't work well with i think what your condition is um that being said i think i would recommend playing stuff that you can like uh get bread and butter combos down on because it sounds like it's very much like when you're like once again i don't i don't really know too much about like uh uh dyspraxia but it sounds like when you're trying to like think of like what you're supposed to do you just you just can't do it right like if you're trying to like insect someone you're not going to be able to, like, do all the button inputs in the right combo, right? That being said, if you play, like, say, jungle, you're playing top right now, but say if you play jungle, it sounds crazy to, like, recommend jungle to someone, um, but jungle, the beginning of the game is very PvE-oriented, meaning there's very little of, like, reacting to shit that's going on, um, and then you can play characters in the jungle that are very, like, your combo chains into itself. Like, for example, if you played Volibear in the jungle, your first couple minutes of the game is just farming versus PvE stuff, where you're not really having to do, like, a lot of, like, brain-to-arm thinking movements mechanics. And then when you do, uh, like, engage against people, your combos, you can memorize. You can go into a practice tool, and you can make sure that you always hit your E into Q into W and Volibear. And you're always going to do that exact same combo no matter the situation, so you never really have to have this, like, weird... Uh, thinking about it and then you're maybe your like fingers do something different or like maybe you're too slow about a combo or getting it backwards playing a character that has this combo that kind of like you always do the same thing or something that you can practice and always do the same thing I think will help you out a ton like if you get muscle memory I- I- I'm assuming you can still have some level of muscle memory and I-, I I think that would really help your overall ability I think playing in lanes is gonna fuck that up a little bit because every lane is going to be different everyone's going to play you're like a ton of different characters playing it in lane they're all going to be doing different things sometimes they'll push sometimes they'll freeze sometimes they'll dive you and that's all that can all like fuck up with what you're trying to do but if you play jungle mm-hmm. and you play characters that just have like very memor memorizable uh play patterns that might help you like a ton honestly yeah i think that you you mentioned a lot of really good things there um I think on that note of other junglers that are not crazy mechanically intensive mm-hmm. and particularly have like combos or abilities that don't require a lot of like, I guess, quick twitch action mm-hmm. of like, you know, you just cast it kind of the one yeah. time or 
you're not having to rapidly react to a skill shot with like a sivir spell shield yeah or dodge something with an Ezreli. it's like yeah I, I think nunu is a really good one um i think fiddlesticks is a really good one i think like you said volibear is a good one and with the jungle role like like you were saying it's like most of the gameplay you're doing is going to be in your pathing of you know where you are when and not so much you know having to click eight buttons really really fast in the correct order Mm -hmm. um again yeah i'm not very familiar with this condition so i don't know how much you know how how limiting it all is um but i'm sure that you know given time and effort you'll definitely be able to reach your goals and i uh, I'm looking forward to some updates on this. If you do want to stick to top lane, you know, there are characters that I think would be easier to play than others. Um, I think Cho'Gath would be a pretty decent one where, again, you know, it's just like hit the Q. Mm-hmm. And, and from there, it's pretty simple. Like you're not doing a whole lot and it's about being in the right place at the right time, like managing waves. Um the, the last thing I'd want to mention is, um, like, you know, if you want to climb, and particularly for, for, like, your exact question of how can I, like, climb without having any mechanical skill at all, mm-hmm. like, take time studying the game from, like, an academic perspective and becoming a god at, like, macro, and then use that either via, like, voice chat or typing or pings I think voice chat was going to be the easiest for you again because you're not having to then input a bunch of like typing but like if you are duoed with let's say your mid laner and you're jungling or support or whatever role you want to do if you're the macro god like directing your team you don't need to have mechanics Mm -hmm. you can sit up in top lane you know drop 20 cs lose lane but you're gonna win the game um and so I i would approach it from that way it's like there are a lot of other important skills that have nothing to do with hitting buttons, you know, or your mechanics. I also I want to say, like, in your first year of being Bronze 3 isn't, like, bad at all. All of us were Bronze in our first yeah. year of playing League of Legends. Um, and there's we also have tons of listeners who have played the game for, like, years and are, like, Bronze players. Like, it's, it's like, just... I was never Bronze, and I was always Diamond. <laughs> Everyone has, like, different, Even like, right skill now. things. And, like, I think just by playing the game more, you'll, like, improve as well, so... Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, alternatively, like, there has to be some resources out there for people who have played this game and, like, it, it have issues very similar to yours. And you can learn how to, I don't know, play the game that way. I think there are people who, like, play with their mouth and, and the pressure that they, you know, exert through breath or something like that. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. But I don't, there are a lot yeah, of options for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely found like resources being pretty limited when I looked into it. Uh, the main the main thread I saw, and this was from like years ago, is someone asking like, "Hey, I have this. What can I do?" Uh, the comments weren't very nice. Was the main thing. Uh, it was uh, also like many years ago, and the person did ask in a way of like, "League is too hard for people with my condition," sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. People were like, "Suck it, that's life." And <laughs> I don't know if that's like the <laughs> oh, way Jesus. of looking at it. That's, you know what I mean? That's pretty fucked. That yeah. is like the that's like seven years ago on League of Legends boards, though. I guess, but I don't know. It's one of those things mm-hmm. where I think that you can always adapt and figure out the best ways of doing it. It definitely will be harder for you. Like I, th- I think it's, pr- I, I'm sure you know that. Um, but there's definitely ways to get around stuff. I really do think play, playing characters that have pretty uh, easy to follow um, gameplay patterns will be a good place to start at the very least. 
Mm-hmm. I would I would say also like some other things to consider. Um, again, I'm not super familiar with the condition, but if it's you know if let's say your fingers maybe aren't super responsive, so being able to do like QER mm-hmm. in a, in rapid succession as opposed to like I know there's uh, a guy who plays with, like with his feet, and so like if you had a separate button where it's like my my left hand only is q and w and then maybe i'm doing like e with my foot and r with my foot obviously you'd need to have you know more of a custom setup for that but if that might be helpful i i don't know um well they said they're limb or uh yeah it's very it's brain to like limb yeah like Mm -hmm. transmission which i would assume includes feet as well i I do think there is something to like uh each each limb would be a button would like i think it's colton's idea is like you're simplifying that mm-hmm. rather than having every single finger like trying to like figure out what you're clicking like I, there there could yeah. be merit to that right but yeah. yeah and again i don't i don't know the condition well enough yeah. to say yeah. that like you know controlling any you know of your five fingers on one hand is more difficult than just moving an arm or leg mm-hmm. uh aiden jumped into being really nice and giving helpful answers right away so i wasn't able to make my joke <laughs> Of uh, just play Sona because all you have to do is roll your face on the keyboard. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna make it now. Sona's getting because... reworked next patch, so it's harder. Yeah, true. Or would it be easier because you get to you just get stuff for free? <laughs> more often. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyways, hopefully that helps. Uh, good luck. Uh, give us some updates though. Yeah, yeah for sure. And uh, that'll do it for this episode of LeadCast. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to send us an email, you can send it to mail at leadcastpodcast.com. You can watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash bluebasket and slash leadcastfrost. Uh, tweet at us at LeadCast on Facebook. We are LeadCast. Visit our website, leadcastpodcast.com. Our Discord is leadcastpodcast.com forward slash Discord. And finally, you can uh, support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash leadcast. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next week for 492. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.